You know, we serve an excellent God who does things in an excellent way. And when God created the earth, the Bible said that in all the days of creation, he would create something and then step back and he would not finish working on that day until the Bible said God saw that it was good. He didn't just say it was good. He saw that it was good. He did not stop working on day one until he saw it was good. He did not stop working on day two until he saw it was good. And all through the week, God did not stop working until it was good. You know, even in death, there's something good. We don't like death on this side, but everyone who dies loves it on the other side. Because when they die, they get healing, they get a renewed mind, they get a glorified body, they get a mansion, they get a great reunion in heaven, they get to see Jesus, they get to worship with angels. On the other side of that, it's good. And one of these days in the rapture, we're going to see all of that for ourselves. Amen. Anybody ready? See, it's not, it, if, if it's not good yet, God is not, God is not through. I love the tagline of that song, Waymaker, they sang earlier. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. How many of you can wrap your faith around that statement? Even when I don't see it, I know he's working. Even if I, I don't feel it, how many of you are going through something, maybe not today, but some in this season where it doesn't feel like he's working, but you know he's working, right? It doesn't look like he's working, but you know he's working. So even when I don't see it or understand it or feel it, I still know that God is working. So turn to somebody next to you and say, God is working. Now, where we're going to take our text tonight is in Romans chapter 8. So you don't really have to turn any other place. I'm going to refer to a couple of other scriptures that will be on the screens. But if you want to go to Romans chapter 8, you're going to have everything in front of you that, I, that I'm going to talk about for the most part. I want to start in Romans 8 beginning in verse 26. Romans 8 and 26. I want you to listen to the language of this passage because sometimes we like to isolate a scripture and we'll just pull out one scripture, put it on the refrigerator, and we claim it, but we don't claim the full context of the scripture. So I want you to understand the framework behind the scripture that I'm about to read. So look at this in verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. I want you to raise your hand if you've ever been in a place in your life where you did not know how to pray anymore. I've said everything I know to say. I don't know what else to ask for. I don't know what else to pray. That's exactly the context of this passage. Now, he who searches the heart knows the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So when I'm in a place that I do not know how to pray anymore, I am dependent upon the Holy Spirit to intercede for me. Now, what we as Pentecostals and Charismatics like to claim is that he's always going to do that through me. So we like to pray in the Spirit. And we think that when he's praying in the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit praying through me. And that is true. That is the Holy Spirit praying for me. But here's the part I want you to understand. He's interceding for you even when he's not interceding through you. He is still inter... When you do not know how to pray, he can intercede with groanings that cannot be uttered. 
He can intercede when all you can do is moan and groan and say, oh God, what is going to happen next? When all you're doing is grabbing your side and, and, and grabbing your head and saying, not again. Even in those moments, the Holy Spirit begins to intercede for you with things that you do not understand how to pray about. So even when he's not interceding through you, he's still interceding for you with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now it is in this context, it is in this context when I don't know how to pray, it is in this context when I'm groaning and don't know what to say, it is in this context here where my prayers, where my words are futile and my emotions are empty. Anybody know what I mean by that? I'd love to shout, but I have no emotions left right now. I would love to feel better, but I, honestly, I don't feel anything. Have you ever been to a place that you just quit feeling everything? It's not that you feel bad. You just don't feel bad or good. You just, you just are numb all over because you're afraid to feel. You're afraid to hope. And, and, and have you ever been in a place before where you just expect one more bad thing to happen? It's just like, okay, it's normal now. Don't ever get comfortable in that place. But that's the context of this passage. The context of this passage is a place of not having hope, a place of not having words, a place of not having feelings, a place of not having emotions, a place where I'm totally leaning on the Holy Spirit to do something for me that I am incapable of doing for myself. That is the context that sets up the next verse. And we know that all things work together for good to those who are the called, for good to those who love the Lord, and to those who are the called according to his purpose. Let me read it again. And we know, I would, as a matter of fact, I want you to say it with me. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. See, one of the struggles we have with a verse like this is this thing called trust. How do I trust the Lord when what I thought was going to work out one way worked out a different way? How do I trust the Lord when I've been praying about something one way and it seems like what I asked for did not play out the way I asked for it? How, how do I trust the Lord? And there's a lot of people that struggle with trusting anybody. And if you have a problem with trusting anybody, then God is going to fall in that category uh, just naturally for you because trust is not something you give easily. And trust in your mind is something that has to be earned. And how can it be earned when everything is not working out perfect? And we all know there's no such thing as that, right? So sometimes we, we struggle with trusting the Lord, but the Bible says in, in Proverbs 3 that we should trust in the Lord with all of our heart, Lean not to our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge him, and then he will direct my path. So if I want the Lord to order my steps, I have to trust him first. If I want God to set me up, I have to trust him. If I want God to bless me, I have to trust him. And that is why verses like Romans 8, 28 are so necessary, because sometimes we struggle with the whole idea of how do I trust God when I don't even know how to pray? How do I trust God when I've lost my emotions? How do I trust God when I got this sick feeling in my belly that something is going to happen that I've been praying for months not to happen? 
How do I trust God in those moments that his ways are above my ways and that his thoughts are above my thoughts? And how can I trust that God is still working when I can't see it? How do I trust that God is still working when I can't feel it? How do I trust that God is still working when it looks like everything is working against me and nothing is working for me? Does anybody know how that feels in any season of your life? So we get to this verse. And what I want to do tonight is break down this verse. And so here's how I want to break it down. And I think the guys put this on the screen for you. This is my outline really for tonight. We're going to talk about it this way. We're going to talk about and. We know all things work together for good, those who love the Lord and those called according to his purpose. So there's the outline. If you want it, write it down. That's your whole outline. We're going to start with the word and. Then we're going to go to the word we know. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord and to those who are called according to his purpose. All right, let's start with the word and. And is a conjunction used to connect two separate parts of speech used to interject something new or an addition to the commentary. A new comment. It is the word that we use in the English language to connect two thoughts my thought and someone else's thought. Two separate thoughts are brought together with the word and. And the word and also is used when we are adding a comment. And we saw this happen. We're adding a comment. Well, the word and is loved by God. God changes a lot of things by connecting heaven and earth. God changes a lot of circumstances. Here's one for you. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Don't stop there. And. Somebody say and. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We're just sitting here. Jesus has ascended into heaven. We've been praying for 10 days and nothing is going to happen. And suddenly something changed because God adds his comment. God connects two thoughts. Where is God and I am here. He connects the thought that where is God and where did Jesus go? and now the thought comes to them I will send you another comforter when I go away and it changed everything Lazarus is dead and Jesus came to the graveside and said get up Jairus's daughter, Jairus's daughter is dead and Jesus walked in the room and resurrected her the storm came upon the sea it looked like all was going to perish and Jesus come along walking on the water and turn the circumstances around because God is adding his comment to your circumstances and God is adding his thought to your thought by joining together two thoughts one from heaven and one for earth Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com. Or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. 
or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. God is putting the equation back together and is the component that connects my thought and God's thought. Yes, it looks like it's over and God says, but I'm still working. And it looks like there's no hope and God says, but I'm still working. Well, God, I don't feel any better. And God says, but I'm still working and I won't stop working until I see that it is good. I will not stop working for you until I see that it is good. And is the first one. We know is the next one. And we know, well, what we don't know is what we concentrate on a lot of times. I, I don't know what, I don't know who, I don't know why. Isn't that a big one? I just don't know why, I don't know where, I don't know how. That's what we don't know, but this scripture doesn't talk about what we don't know. This scripture only talks about what we do know, and we know. It doesn't say, and we don't know. It says, and we know. What we know is that God is love, and his love is far-reaching. How many of you know that? What we do know is that God has angels everywhere, on every corner, around your house, in your neighborhood. How many of you know that the angels of the Lord are innumerous? That's what we do know. What we don't know is why, but what we do know is that God's mercy endures forever. We don't know how, but what we do know is God's grace is sufficient. We don't know what God is going to do, but what we do know is that God's economy is always healthy. We don't know what the enemy is up to sometimes. We don't know how the battle is going to end. We don't know when the last Last day of the fight is over, but this is what we do know. Isaiah 40 tells us what we do know. Behold, oh, I'm worried about my nation, Dr. B. I'm worried about the elections, Dr. B. I'm worried about the politics, Dr. B. I'm worried about the economy, Dr. B. I'm worried about, I'm worried about war, Dr. B. I'm worried about national crisis, Dr. B. I'm worried about the nations, Dr. B. Well, this is what we don't know, but what what we do know is this. Behold, the nations are as a drop in the bucket, and we are counted as small dust on the scales. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted by him as less than worth. Don't you think that this nation is beyond God's ability to turn it around again? You don't know about the nation, but you do know about the God of the nation. Oh, let's just keep reading. This is too good. We're in Isaiah 40. Let's keep going to verse 18. And to whom then will you liken God? Or what, he says, liken, what likeness will you compare to him? Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He brings the princes to nothing. He 
He makes the judges of the earth useless, he says. And to whom will you liken me? Or to whom will you declare my equal, says the Holy One? Oh no, lift up your eyes on high. In other words, look in the sky, he's saying, and see who created these things. He brings out his hosts by the numbers, talking about the stars. He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? Oh, God knows about your problem, but he don't know about mine. God's not seeing what I'm going through. God has no idea how I'm feeling. Why do you say, O Jacob, that my way is hidden from the Lord and my just claim is passed over by God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases their strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount upon wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not fade. We don't know who holds. We don't know about tomorrow, but we know about the God of tomorrow. If that is your God, take one minute right now and bless his name. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. That's what I know. That's what I know. I'm not going to, this scripture doesn't tell me what I don't know. It tells me what I do know. And we know that all things. Uh-huh. Well, is that limited? No, it doesn't limit it. Do you know what all things means in Greek? Does this is Greek? You got it. All things. That's what it means. That means everything. And we know that all things, that's your checkbook, that's your doctor's appointment, that's your that's the courthouse, and we know that all things, that is the thing you're worried about, that's the person who won't call you back, that is the thing that just broke down, that is the thing that won't get fixed, that is the problem you cannot solve. We know that all things, all things, well, is there a limit there? He didn't put a limit on it. He just said, we know that all things, all things, that means your college bill, that means your house payment, that means your car, your car you're looking for, that means the spouse you're praying for, that means the date you're hoping for, that means all things, whatever that means, all things, all things. Somebody say it with me, all things. We know that all things. How, what, what, can you be more specific, Dr. E? Thank you for asking. I appreciate that very much. I'd love to. 1 Corinthians 10 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That's all things. Psalm 114 says that when God shows up, the mountains skip like rams and the little hills like lambs. Isaiah 55 says that God will go out with joy and lead us with peace and the mountains and the hills will birth forth into song before you and the trees of the field will begin to clap their hands when the almighty God shows up. Hebrews 11 says that the universe was formed at his command. Do you know when God says all things, he means the earth, he means the wind, he means the
tongues of fire, and I'm not talking about the singing group either. He says that all things are his. God did not have to sign the deed to own Jericho. He did not go to the king and say, I want to conquer you. He spoke to the ground underneath it and said, move. And when the ground moved, the, the, the walls of Jericho began to crumble because all things are at his command. And we know that all things, somebody shout all things. And God is interjecting. We know about the God we serve. All things means it's unlimited. All things work. Oh, I want to tell you, we do not serve a God who slumbers nor sleeps. He is working, but not only is God working, God has seraphim working for you. God has cherubim working for you. God has archangels working for you. God has messenger angels working for you. God has the army angels working for you, the heavenly host. God even has camping angels camping at your house, just waiting on something to go bad. The angel of the Lord camp around about those who fear him and delivers them. They don't even have a job until you get in trouble. I mean, they're just sitting there waiting on something to go wrong because their whole purpose is to deliver you out of trouble every time it comes your way. God... Peter was in prison and they were praying for him to be delivered and they didn't realize that the angels had already set him free. They were still asking for it and it was already done. Do you know tonight the thing you may be asking God for might have already left heaven with your name on it. The thing you've been asking God for, the angels may already have it locked up and sewed up and cleaned up. The mess may be over. You don't even understand it because you can't see it. You're trying to get Get out of prison and the door's already open. You're having a prayer meeting for the enemy to go away and you're about to walk through the squadrons of soldiers and the chains are about to fall off of your feet because we know a God and all things work, work, work. How do they work? Somebody tell me what the next word is. Together. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.